For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham. Because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. It's three up top this evening and lean from the front is Carl. So Carl, how have you been in the past week? Yeah, really good, thanks, Dan. Yeah, it's never easy watching a Spurs game lately, so another weekend to test the old heart out. Um, but thankfully, went our way, mate. Well, also joining us is James. And James, the most important question for you is, after our plea, did you manage to get a ticket to the Villa yesterday? I'm happy to say that I was in amongst those limbs yesterday. Um, you know, absolutely brilliant to be there. And uh, first up, a massive thank you to everyone who, who reached out on Twitter and you know, our fantastic Twitter following um, managed to bag me a ticket. So, yeah, massive thank you to everyone. And, uh, yeah, it was brilliant to be there. Hopefully I can tell you all about it in the next uh, in the next hour or so. Hopefully you can. And also joining us on the panel tonight is the returning Patrick Tyrant. So, Patrick, it's a pleasure to have you back on board. How have you been since we last spoke? Oh, really good, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, happy to be back. Uh, and I'm ready to get rolling tonight. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Right, fantastic. Let's go. So, before we do, let's get the social media bits out of the way first so we can dissect Sunday and more in full. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Common New Spurs app where the podcast will be available each and every Tuesday morning. You can, of course, follow us across social media on Twitter at COIS underscore COM while we're also on all the major audio platforms as Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc, etc. Right then, let's get down to business and that business is the thriller at the Villa. And before we take a deep dive into that game, I guess, Carl, the landscape of the Premier League has changed dramatically over the past few days. And although Man City will go to appeal, there's no doubt about that, the fallout will have given Tottenham a huge shot in the arm when it comes to European places at the end of the season. Yeah, definitely, Dan. I mean, that, that was out, kind of out of the blue, wasn't it? Um, and like, as you say, if, if that is kind of followed through on what the punishment's going to be there, then I think that's kind of given a few teams in that chasing pack um, a little bit of, you know, fresh renewal and a fresh kind of life for what there could be because it could be this season that you know fifth could possibly bag the champions league spot so as you say it was kind of a shot in the arm um and but thankfully you know i like to think you know we want to get the job done and finish in that top four and that win yesterday has really boosted that and put some pressure on so yeah job done but as you say that was a nice little surprise coming before the weekend there well this is it james isn't it with fifth seemingly being the new fourth we don't necessarily want to settle for that do you because you might think at the moment, OK, fifth will get in the Champions League, but it only takes some powerhouse lawyers to, uh, to overturn that for Man City and all of a sudden we're not in the Champions League. So really, we still need to be going for the kill, don't we? Absolutely. And if we, if we do rest on our laurels, uh, so to speak, then you know we're only, we're only setting ourselves up for, for failure, to be disappointed. Um, you know, we need to be going with, with the intensity and... Uh, for even for third place to be our, our our target really, just so that we uh, and we can really nail down that Champions League spot. If we if we rest off now and um, and do aim for fifth place, um, and Man City do go and appeal and and we do get let down, then it will be even more heartbreaking um, than than missing out on the top four itself. You know, it's it's a very Tottenham thing to happen. You can imagine it happening. Um, but you know, if if we do everything right, if we win all the games that we should be winning, um, we should be comfortably in that top four, fourth place certainly. But you know, if we if we aim high, then then you know we can, we can only land in that top four, and uh, we don't really want to be relying on some 
ridiculous court case to, to get us into the Champions League. We want to be there on merit. We want to be there because we deserve to be there because of uh, how, how well we've performed in this Premier League season. And Patrick, if we do finish in the top four, will that be viewed as an achievement for Jose Mourinho or is it nothing more than just completing the task which he would have been primarily given? Um, I guess you could t- take it from where he took over the club, but is fourth a real achievement or is it just sort of actually just hitting the, the average of what you're meant to be doing? No, I think it'll be a, a huge achievement. Um, people have to remember when Jose took over, we were 14th, I believe, and 11 points of the Champions League uh, places. So for, for him to get us in that mix, and we're right in the mix now, um, if we do finish in the top four, I think that's a fantastic season. This isn't Jose's team. He's inherited a lot of players that seem to be on the wayside. And, you know, obviously he had the Ericsson debacle as well. So I think he's doing a great job. I know some of the performances haven't been as nice or as easy on the eye as we would like. But at the end of the day, it's a results business. And so far, the results are what counts. Yeah, that brings on to my next point, actually. So, Cole, if we are to finish in the top four, you get the feeling a lengthy run of some sort is going to be required. Although you could also argue that we're in one at the moment. That's 10 points from 12. Unbeaten in seven in all competitions. As Patrick has alluded to, it might not be the prettiest football, but the ends are certainly justifying the means at the moment, aren't they? Oh, yeah, quite right. Um, I think, you know, we said at the beginning of the season, didn't we, under Poch, that the one thing none of us could really see us being able to do at that point was put a string of games together, sort of five, six, seven, eight games or ten unbeaten that kind of gives you that hope that you can put a charge on. Um, But we just weren't capable of it. But like, as we say, you know, under Joe saying now, you know, whether whether it's pretty football, whether it's flamboyant, you know, at the end of the day, as Patrick said there, it's a results business. And let's face it, if, if we play some horrible football, but get some one nil wins over the line and come the end of the season, we finish fourth. Then I don't think there'll be a Spurs supporter out there that's complaining, to be honest. Um, so quite rightly, yeah. We're now starting to see that, you know, Jose might be getting some kind of, you know, his ways across to the side. We still need to improve in certain areas. But the longer we keep a run going and can start putting a consistent run of being unbeaten together, it just breeds confidence. That confidence will go through the squad. And then before you know it, you've put a good enough run that's put you in fourth and, you know, and in a commanding position. So, yeah, yeah, you know, that that's, you know, don't judge Jose too hardly right now. As we say, if we finish fourth, then that'll be a massive achievement given the way the season was going um, at the beginning. OK, James, let's get to the game now. And as you are, I guess, our man on the ground, it was the worst possible start, wasn't it? Aldeniro puts through his own net. With a goal of that kind, how much blame goes in his shoulders? How many fingers are getting pointed in the direction of Hugo Lloris? Uh, a bit of both, to be honest, mate. And, and you know, not just the two of them, but even, even the build-up play um, that led up to it. You know, Eric Dyer, very sloppy in possession. Um, and Ben Davis getting absolutely smoked by, by El Ghazi. Um, you know, he... He, he's a solid left back, but he, pace is one thing that lets him down, and he and he certainly got targeted by uh, El Ghazi, and he, and he and he done him up real good. Um, uh, and then you know once that ball is, is whipped into the penalty area, for me, um, it, it should just be a case of Toby getting rid of it. Um, you know, Hugo made it very clear early on that he wasn't coming for that ball, um, and and Alderweireld just needs to be putting his foot through it, even if, if it's getting it out for a corner. Um, you know, it's something that you get to at Sunday league level that if in doubt and get get the ball out of the danger area. Um, and he didn't do that. They both hesitated. 
um, and and then the ball ends up in the back of the net. So yeah, a really really poor start. Um, you know, we've got other players to thank to, for clawing us back in, into that in, into the game. Um, but you know, even in the in the twenty minutes after that, Villa had chances to to make it two 0 and and you know, without some really important interventions, they they could have put the game beyond us. And you know, that that goal was an absolute shambles and a really bad start. So um, you know. Toby spoke after the game about how he was he was tired from travelling, having been home back to Belgium to for the birth of his child. Maybe that had something to do with it, a little bit of mental fatigue. But you know, there's no excuses. He should, should just be hacking that ball clear, and uh, and and we don't go one nil down, and we make things a little easier for ourselves. Patrick, we saw something similar last season actually about the olds He gave Liverpool a last minute winner. I think in that instance, you couldn't really do much about it. I don't think he really knew where the ball was, and it sort of trickled agonising over the line. However, yesterday. I think it was what they called into the corridor of uncertainty. And I think really he should have done a lot better, shouldn't he? Yeah, he should have, yeah. And I saw him afterwards saying to Hugo, I believe Hugo must have called for the ball, but then stopped. And then Toby should have just lashed it out, like um, we just said. Um, thankfully, though, I mean, he redeemed himself uh, shortly afterwards with an amazing, you know, turn and volley and goal. But yeah, it's just um, like we just always seem to put ourselves on the back foot. And make it harder for ourselves when, um, you know, you don't want to be doing that away from home. So, Cole, we're talking of problems, Serge Aurier, he was run ragged early on. Not one, but two early infractions. You could see Martin Axon giving that totting up, you know, he points like there, there. And you think to yourself, how has he not got a caution early on? So was he lucky not to go into the book? Yeah, I think obviously he wanted to try and put a mark on, didn't he? You know, he had Grealish on that side and I think he's probably so keen to try and lay one on him early doors to kind of see if he could unnerve him. But then you've got to just use your head and I think it's the one thing we all know with Serge, don't we, that sometimes he's not the best at using his head. Um, after those first few tackles, you kind of got the impression that this is going to be a game where the likelihood could be you're going to end up with 10 men at one point because he's going to lose it, go flying in again, or, you know, you risk him giving penalties away. Um, so that was just one of them times where you kind of hope that someone just gets him um, as a little word and says, right, listen, you've laid a couple in, you've been warned. Now just, you know, step off it a little bit because you're going to cause us a problem here. Um, and that is still the one worry with Serge, isn't it? You know, he's been, I will say he's been better under Jose since Jose's come in. You know, he does come in for a lot of stick and he probably hasn't been as bad as some people make out. But it is his recklessness and the ability that he has to kind of lose his head that you do still worry about and think, I'd still rather see someone else in that right-back position next season. Um, if we just go back to that goal, you know, for me, Dan, I, I felt the blame for that goal kind of lies at Hugo's door for me because I think when that ball gets whipped in and takes that deflection, Hugo takes a big, massive step forward, first of all, um, and then suddenly goes backwards. And I think that's what's thrown Toby off. You know, I think there is that view that, you know, Hugo's coming for that, first of all. Um, and then once he withdraws, then, you know, Toby's left with a situation where he then has to try and recover and stretch. Um, but it's a mix-up all over. But I still think Hugo, you know, most goalkeepers should be commanding their six-yard box and taking anything that comes in there. Um, and I think that step forward from Hugo caused Toby the confusion, um, which then leads to the to the own goal. But thankfully, we recover. Yeah, I think neither party really did themselves too many favours. I think really, you want to see a goalkeeper getting clattered there, be a bit more authoritative in the box. But 
that wasn't forthcoming, and it led to the goal. James, you mentioned Ben Davis, return from injury, obviously skinned in the build-up. What did you make of his overall efforts at Villa Park yesterday? Um, solid. I think I think he, he was solid um, for large parts, but there's there's definitely frailties there that any um, any top team what, uh, looking ahead uh, at games against us will be looking to target. Um, as I said, El Ghazi um, up against him, he, he obviously had had one thing on his mind, and that was taking him on uh, on the outside and, and using that lack of pace to, to their advantage. And you know, if we come up against the, a team with a nippy winger, then it is going to be their tactic, uh, and then it is going to uh, cause some problems for us. Um, you know, if, if you think of someone like Adama Traore, um, Hudson Odoi for Chelsea next week, you know, big big problems if if Ben Davis is going to is going to start the game. Um, I, I, a couple of fans around me were, were saying that they'd rather see him in a in a left left centre back role. Um, you know, it kind of takes takes the pressure off him. Um, you know, covering covering his flank. Um, but that would that would require a change of change of system completely. Um, you know that said, I think he was he was tidy on the ground. Um, he, he he's a little bit standoffish, which which sometimes is is good. You know we're used to seeing um, someone like Danny Rose go flying in, into a tackle, and uh, and if they do get turned, then then there's a lot of space in behind them, and, and that's where a lot of um, a lot of chances have been created for for teams playing against us. But Davies is a little bit more. Um, you know, a little bit more clever when he when he when he goes in for a challenge. He doesn't dive in, uh, and as I say, in the air, he's he's, uh, he's a really good um, really good player to have. So, you know, I, I think it, it was good for for Jose to to bring him back straight away. Um, I think it will be a real confidence boost for him. You know, especially after Mourinho saying um, before the West Ham game, going back a few months, that, that this was the system that he wanted to play. He wanted he wanted Davis to. To drop in as that third centre back while we were attacking, so um, you know it's it's a big big time for for Davis because Mourinho has already said that he, he, he's part of his plans big time. So um, you know we we didn't get the attacking um, speed and the and the 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 eagerness to, to go, get forward with someone like Tanganga who's been absolutely exceptional playing left back. But now that Davis is back, it, it frees Tanganga up to to play elsewhere on the park, whether it be centre back or, or right back. So. It, altogether, it's good to have Davies back, but um, it's, you know certainly things to be looked at on the defensive side of it. And Patrick, another man who was brought into the fold yesterday was Eric Dyer. Personally, I felt he grew into the game. Didn't have a great start, but what was your assessment of the sometimes maligned midfielder? Uh, it's a tricky one because I used to love Eric Dyer. I used to love the fact that he allowed us to pretty much have a system change without making a sub because he could drop in from you know, like a defensive midfielder to centre-back and he could switch around as the game was going on. But it seems now that he's just, he always looks a yard off. He looks a bit leggy. He kind of, the game passed him by. I know we got an assist yesterday, but the game seemed to pass him by. And when um, when we substituted him off, we looked a lot more active and a lot more lively. And it just seems, I mean, it hurts me to say it because I, I was a big fan of Everton. I do like him as a as, as a player, but it just seems that we can upgrade in that position. And if we want to be the team, you know, to really challenge and push and uh, on all fronts next season, I do feel we need a better defensive midfielder because he just seems to, yeah, the game just seems to pass him by and he just doesn't seem to be up to it technically. I mean, with Winks sitting in and around him, and Winks has looked good in the last few weeks. Uh, Winks has looked good recycling the ball and spraying it around and driving at players. We need, I feel, a stronger defensive midfielder to sit back and protect the centre-backs. 
Yeah, I think you're right, to be honest. I mean, he has given us a good stint at the club, but, you know, all stints come to an end at some point, and you just are starting to see the sort of the end of that. There's also talk that the club might sell him if he doesn't sign a new contract because they don't want a similar Ericsson situation. So if there's a sensible bid in the summer, I don't think anyone will be too surprised if, you know, there are sort of talks that he might leave the club because you are right, there is room for upgrading. Cole, another lively showing from Stephen Bergvine yesterday. You'd have to say the early evidence looks good for the Dutchman, especially when you consider the pace and the link-up play that he was offering us yesterday. I've been really impressed so far, Dan. You know, with the two outings that he's had, um, it, I think we, you know, he's one of these players that's come in, and a lot of players that we buy that we bring in that are young, you kind of think, yeah, okay, there's raw, but you know, they're going to need a little while to bed in and that. Where this guy, you can already see the talents there, the potential. You know, he's breaking. He gives us that option to break really quickly. He seems to, you know. He seems to keep the ball really well when he is running. You know, doesn't let it get too far ahead of him. Um, just really impressed. You know, if those two games are anything to go by, then I think we've got a serious, serious player on our hands who, you know, when you consider if you've then got, you know, him one side, Son the other and Kane up top, then I think, you know, defences should be really worried because that could be lethal when it, you know, when it's on fire that will be really lethal combination. And there was a few times on the weekend, wasn't there, where he showed his pace and, you know, one-on-one -on -one against defenders, he, he's going to murder them. Yes, yeah, so we've got a question now, James, from our regular member, Holly. She asks, why do we seem to want to walk the ball into the net? Is it because of that lack of forward focal point? The missed chances we happened to waste yesterday in another game, would that come back to haunt us? Oh, yes, absolutely. The the missed chances, you know, we were all keeping count of, of how many particularly Deli Ali had um, for his way and Son as well. The, the missed chances were absolutely criminal. Um, and and in any other game, that that would have really come back to haunt us. And we, we always said, you know, when Deli missed um, the one-on-one, -on -one, when Son wasn't taking his, his man on and getting shot off, um, a couple more for Deli, I think it must have been about six chances that Ali had yesterday um, you know we, we were all saying this is going to come back to haunt us and then we can see a, a, an awful sloppy goal from a corner uh, and and that's you know it's looking like two points dropped and uh, you know it, it, it was absolutely criminal and, and she, Holly's absolutely right in the fact that sometimes we are just a little bit hesitant I, would, I wouldn't say we're necessarily trying to walk the ball in but we're just hesitant you know you, you want to see Son do that quick step over and take the ball on it on his left hand side and just just hit it, you know, hit it. You can see that, that the players are thinking about it. And by the time they've thought about it, defenders are back. The goalkeeper's got himself set. The moment's gone. You know, by the time you've thought about things, it, it, the moment has gone. It needs to be, uh, you know, a, a synapse. The synapse delay is killing it. You know, Harry Kane, when he's in form, is the best at it. He. He'll, he'll hit a ball without even looking at the goal because he knows where the goal is and 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 he knows he's gonna he's gonna get a shot when he's not on form. Just like the rest of our players, they're a little bit hesitant. I'll take maybe one touch too many. Try and look for a pass rather than just pulling the trigger. Just have a go, uh, and that that nearly cost us yesterday. But you know, one thing I will say about the performance is that we did create so many chances. So you can't say that we played bad. And, you know, you can't even put it down to boring Mourinho football because we created so many chances. There were so many opportunities that on another day that would have ended up in the back of the net. So you can't call it boring. You, you can't, you know, you can't criticise in any way. Even though we were a bit sloppy, 
and defensively we weren't great. It's not like we parked the bus. We maybe we we played a few too many long balls, but that that's the system we're playing. Uh, and and we we cut Villa to shreds when we were going forwards, and we should have scored more goals than we scored, and the, and the game should have been put to bed. It could have even been put to bed before the first before the first half finished. We had so many chances in that first half, um, and and you know it, you just need someone like Son, uh, Lucas Morris to, to put the shooting boots on and and just have a have a go, have a dig, and and you know buy that ticket. And Patrick, when we talk of missed chances, how fortunate were we that Villa? Did take any of those at one 0 Because I think you know Douglas Louise guilty of the uh, the most open chance, but we were on the ropes really. Had they gone two 0 up, that's a completely different game, isn't it? Mate, we were definitely on the ropes, and I mean we did we gave Ben Davis a, a bit of uh, uh, praise, and we also you know did slate him a bit. But if he didn't block that Louise shot at one 0 the game's over. So credit to him for getting behind the ball and obviously blocking that to stop it from going uh, to two 0 but yeah, uh, we 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 missed so many chances yesterday, and we have found, luckily Villa also weren't clinical as well. Uh, so it was a game of um, almost redemption for both teams. You know, Toby had a mis- um, mistake leading to a goal, then he scored. Uh, Engels had a mistake, then he scored, and then obviously in the end, uh, we got quite lucky with, um, with with him not trapping the ball, and obviously that led to the to the to the winner. Carl, we talk about a perfect example, I guess, of Villa being punished for not taking their chances. Alderweireld, Patrick just touched the perfect word, redemption. What a finish from a defender. That was rather exquisite, wasn't it? Oh, that that was an amazing finish, wasn't it? Um, The technique and the power, the swivel. I think, you know, on Sky, they kind of, they, they said, they said exactly how it is. That is, if Ronaldo or Messi or a player of that calibre had scored that goal, we would all have been, you know, going over the moon about it. It, it would have been non-stop on Twitter with everyone saying, oh, look at this, you know, this is what class is all about. That is a goal that any of those top players would love to have in their collection. Um, and, yeah, you, what more can you say? You know, just watching it is just a thing of beauty. Um, and it really gave us a spark we needed to get back into that game because, like as you say, up to that point, you know, Grealish was kind of murdering us down that side, wasn't he? You know, and Villa were looking really dangerous. And you kind of just felt at that point, if anyone's scoring here, the second looks like he's coming for Villa. And then at that point, you really would have been worried about us being able to get back in it. So to see, you know, Toby spin and score a goal like that, um, what a way to celebrate the birth of your boy um, and get that own goal out of your system. James, from that point, the tails were certainly up. And I think Deli Ali was perhaps guilty of missing... A golden opportunity, one you just referenced, I think. Was he trying to be too clever with his finish? He sort of went for the outside of the boot, but they were on rushing teammates. So should he have squared it? And more importantly, what did you make of his showing? Because I think that's only one goal when he's lost 11 appearances now. I think, yeah, so many guilt-edged chances for Deli Ali. He had a couple before that. Ben Davies cut back for one. Uh, and, you know, he, he had the whole goal um, opened up. If he'd opened up his body a bit more and, and gone on the other side of the keeper... Um, you know that's, that's a, a semi-decent chance. Then straight after that, he had the header um, where he tried to nod it back across, uh, all the way across goal into the far corner, and then and then from nothing we're, we're through from from a throw in. And uh, for me, you know, you ask whether he should have cut the ball back. Absolutely not. I think he, he made the right decision in in taking the shot on himself. Um, he's a player that we'd expect to be finishing off a chance like that. But he, he has just tried to, to do a bit too much, trying to take it on on the outside of his foot. Eva, for me, 
drag it across and 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 try and tuck it under the keeper with your left foot, um, or get your head down and put your foot through the ball. There's no way Pepe Reina is gonna gonna stop it if uh, if you if you commit yourself and and try and beat him at the near post even. Um, there were so many things that Ali could have done with that chance, and and he, and he and he didn't. And you could see his from his reaction when he when he got pulled, his head was down. He he knew that he was guilty of of missing quite a few chances, um, and and you know it, it could have ended differently, as we say. And if Tottenham didn't finish our chances, and and Ali was was the worst for that. Um, it, it, you know, if if we're talking cliche, then we can't really criticise. Um, that because at least he's getting in those positions, uh, and and he and he's and he's getting the shots away. If if he was going under the radar, not contributing to the game at all, I'd be more worried um, than I am now with with him not taking the chances. Because I know on another day, if he's had his wheat bix, then he, he might he might tuck those those away, and he might leave Villa Park with a match ball. So I, I'm not concerned. It wasn't the best performance from Ali, but I'm also not concerned because he is getting in those positions. Uh, and I know that he'll make up for it for the rest of the season. Patrick, thankfully, our wastefulness wasn't too much of a burden because by the end of the first half, we were in front, and it was a tale of two vars. So first up, Bergvine's effort was charged down by Engels. What did you make of that decision? And more importantly, what do you think of his tackle minutes later, which then led to the actual penalty itself? Um, yeah, the the penalty decision, to be honest, when watching it live, I didn't think it was a penalty. Yeah, I don't um, yeah, I thought that it was a clean tackle and you didn't really see Stevie, you know, uh, attest too much. But then looking back on it, as soon as he started showing the replays, I thought, you know what, this is a pen. And it, the longer it took for them to make the decision, I, I kind of knew we would get the penalty because usually when they take so long to decide, you know, they're checking out all the angles. And, and then looking back, you see Delhi, you know, um, t- like talking to the ref and you did see Stevie also say what's going on. And then, yeah. Um, penalty. I, I think it was the right decision, and um, we got lucky with that. I wouldn't say lucky, but to be fair, we kind of got a bit of justice because we've been on the wrong side of a lot of VAR calls, and that one thankfully went our way. Yeah, I think you're certainly right in the sense of the replays. Like in real time, you just think actually that's quite a good tackle. Maybe it's gone out for a corner, but then you see the ball's charge off Bergvine, you think, well, by the letter of the law, that has to be a penalty because Engels hasn't played the ball, and the more it dragged out, you think actually I'm getting quite confident here. And Cole, talking of confidence, Sun was probably a bit too confident, really, with that penalty because he looked almost laboured, almost telegraphed. Like you can almost know where he was going. It was so easy for Rayner, but thankfully, obviously, he was a bit quicker second time around. Yeah, I think Son said after the game, didn't he, that you know he was basically hoping to see Rayner make a move. Um, and obviously, Rayner has psyched him out, thinking, well, I'm not moving until you do something. Um, and it's one of them, and you're getting closer to the ball and closer, thinking, please move, please move. And he doesn't. Um, and then it wasn't the greatest strike, was it? You know, I think he was trying to do what he did against Southampton, stick it right in that corner. Um, didn't get it as sweet as he did in that game. And Rayner goes the right way and, and makes a good save. But then, thankfully... You know, Son does what any good striker should be doing at that point, and that is following it up just in case the keeper makes a save. Um, and thankfully, his pace gets him there that he can just toe poke it past Rayner and give us the, the, the lead that kind of, you know, set us in a good position to go into half time. Um, I mean, as you say, it, it was a penalty when you look at it in the replays. Um, and thankfully, you know, 
I'm not sure what, you know, Son's stuck two away now, but I think he might need to improve or just think about what he's going to do for the next one. Uh, I'd like to see him a little bit more confident in his run-up, that's for sure. And James, that goal brings up number 50. So in terms of his best in a season in league goals, it's 14. He's on nine at the moment. Can you see him getting a personal best of 15 plus come the end of this season? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've, we've got a lot of games to, to play in between here and the, next, uh, and the end of the season. And um, if Son doesn't score five goals from here to the end of the season, I'd, I'd be concerned because you know you'd be thinking, where are those goals going to come from? Um, so yeah, I certainly hope he's going to break uh, break that record, um, I, and he will too. So I think he benefits playing in this system. Um, he, he's the main man um, once again. He, he, he's the man that we're looking on. To, to, to score the goals and you know again talking very cliche but uh, he's not playing well at the moment at all you know he, I think he was one of our worst players yesterday if, if I'm being honest um, but the lad's still left with with two goals to his name so that that to me just shows how, how good a player is that he, he can pick himself up from these missed chances um, and still find himself in in positions to, to get goals um, so uh, he's he is so so important to to us, especially without Harry Kane. Um, he, whenever he gets the ball, he, he looks like he's he's trying to make something happen. Um, but he, he was a little bit loose in in possession yesterday, um, very sloppy, especially in the first half. Uh, he was getting a few pelters from 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 the Spurs end, um, just because of how he, he you know he, he tends to dip a toe into tackles rather than um, going straight in and, and full force, but. You know, that's just the type of player he is. He'll he'll try and nick it if he does get that toe in and he does nick the ball around him. Then we're away. So, you know, he's so important to us, and and you know, he he will break that record. I'm I'm certain he's he's going to get five goals in between now and the end of the season. Um, it's just a matter of if and when. Um, and we're we're very lucky to have a player like Son uh, in our team. Patrick, with the advantage going into the break, it's one that didn't last long, unfortunately. So. We talk about redemption, atonement. Alderweireld obviously did that. So did Bjorn Engels. Looking at the non-existing marking, though, that first ever goal he scored for Villa will probably be the easiest one because where were our defenders by the time we oh. the ball? Oh, mate, it was criminal. I couldn't believe it. I felt like from my remote at the TV when they scored that <laughs> from that corner. It was just, I mean, like you said, we, we worked so hard to get a lead. Quite fortunate in the fact that we were given the decision, even though it was the right decision. We're quite fortunate, very fortunate again that Son scored from the rebound. So you're thinking, hmm, maybe this is our day after everything that's happened. And then we just go and give them, we pretty much get, you know, gifted them a goal to get them back in the game. And then their tails are up and we're hanging. But yeah, criminal marking. I don't know who was meant to pick him up, but he literally had a free header. And um, again, Hugo just stood there as well, static. No one moved, literally. Yeah, we just gifted them a goal. So, really, I mean, we need to, we really need to do better defensively. Otherwise, we will be punished against the bigger and better teams. Well, of course, yeah. It was really strange, though, wasn't it? Because in that game, sorry, Dan. Yeah, no, please carry Villa, on. Villa were really good at their set plays yesterday. I mean, Grealish's corners, he was whipping them in. And not one of them was kind of, if you like, what we call our, our Ericsson S corner, you know, first man. Mm. Everything was into the danger area and causing us a problem. And we dealt with them so well up until that one point. And then all of a sudden, as Patrick said there, you know, everyone switches off and just allows the guy a free header. 
Um, and as you say, you know, it's the one time we switched off at those set plays because before that we dealt with them so well. But, you know, I will say their set plays were, were really good yesterday. And every time they got a corner, you thought, oh, here we go. This one's coming under the bar. And given our recent pass with defending from set plays, you really weren't confident. Um, so hopefully that is something we will need to sort out. Carl, I'll stay with you because I was going to mention Grealish in the next question. So you sort of read my mind. But that performance yesterday... Does that increase the clamour for Tottenham fans to hopefully, you know, get him in the ranks come the summer? Can he fit into the oh, team? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, everyone, you know, when Daniel Levy was going after him, say, a year ago, I think everyone was a little bit sceptical, wasn't we? That, well, OK, this guy's, you know, as, as produced and had some good games, but is he this, you know, is he going to be this real player? But I think this season has just shown that he is going to be a real, real quality player in midfield who causes teams lots of problems. And he was destroying us in that first half yesterday. And to be honest, to be fair to him, all game, he was the main man. He was looking for the ball. And that is a sort of player that all the top sides will be going after in the summer. And I, you know, I said it before, you know, in a previous pod. I'd be doing everything I could to try and get that signing done now before the window opens. Get it done, get it tied up. Because I think if you put him in midfield, in our midfield, the way he controls the ball, passes, you know, he's got it all about him. Um, and he could just take us from strength to strength. A real classy performance. And I'm, there's still people out there saying, oh, yeah, but, you know, is he doing it? Is he just doing it for a struggling Villa side? I'm afraid I think the guy has shown this season that he's the real deal. I think you're right. I think this has been the season where he's actually, you know, turned more heads. And I think, you know, you look at him in a, a lesser team and no disrespect to Villa, but with better players around him, I think he could get even better. And that's the sort of the exciting thing. You talk about business. Obviously, Chelsea have done early business, but with Villa fighting and scratching for every point, I'm not sure if they're going to be too inclined to sell so early. But, you know, you're only, you've only got to get to, what, May the 20th and the season's finished. And then hopefully you can get stuff done before the actual official window reopens. So... They wouldn't be like Tottenham, but you never know. We might have a change of tracks. And James, talking of change of tact, Lo Celso came on with half an hour to go. How did you feel the Argentinian made in terms of difference? I mean, it was certainly a case of rolling the dice, not trying to get out of Villa Park unscathed with just a point. So I guess credit to Mourinho for that tactical switch. We, we're a completely different team when Lo Celso is on the pitch, mate. It, it, it's, it's so easy to see. Um, that he is he's the closest thing that we've had to Luka Modric in, in so, so long. Um, he gets the ball and you know that he's comfortable on the ball uh, and you can almost hear his brain ticking while you're watching him. You know you know that he he isn't going to pass the ball sideways if he doesn't have to. He's, he's always going to look for, for a ball that's on and he's got that kind of passing range and dribbling range that Harry Winks doesn't have, you know, no disrespect to Harry Winks. I think he's still got a role to play um, further back. Um, but Lo Celso is the one where we, we want, he's our Jack Grealish at the moment. He's the one that we want him on the ball because he's going to make something happen when he's got it. Uh, if, if there is a run off the ball that, that no one else is going to spot, Lo Celso is going to spot it. And, and, you know, his close control is absolutely fantastic. He's he's always on the move, uh, enough. He is a really really tidy little footballer, uh, and we're really lucky to have him. You know, we've got him on the permanent deal now. He should be one of the first names on the team sheet. Fair, credit to Mourinho, he, he's you know he's not 
overusing him. Um, he's you know he's, he's obviously had that injury that it, we don't want a recurrence of. Um, he only trained you know halfway through last week, so fair enough for for not starting him. Um, but you can just see the difference in in the whole team uh, when he's on the pitch. Uh, and, and you know even though we we looked a little bit flim- flimsy in centre midfield um, yesterday, he he really made a difference going forward and. Just while we're on the subject of, of Mourinho's tactics, it was um, I saw something that I haven't seen in so so long at Tottenham yesterday, in that we were playing a, a four four two for for an awful long time in in the second half um, with with Son and Lucas Moura pinned on the wings. Um, it, it was a re- I was I was baffled by what I saw, um, but it seemed to work with Ali and Bergwijn as as our um, as our strikers. Um, I think it, it, it you know, it, it worked well with with Son attacking his fullback and his fullback alone, and Mora attacking his fullback and his fullback alone, uh, and then leaving the other two to, to kind of um, hold that that space in the middle of the pitch. And it was it was really strange to look at from from the stands that the two rigid banks of four when we were defending, uh, and then and then you know a, a little bit more fluidity in attack, but. You know, I've got to credit Mourinho. It, it, it worked eventually, and and you know, and the substitution to bring on Lascelles. So, even though it was probably the only real attacking substitution that we could have made, it was it was the right call. Uh, and and as I say, we are a completely different Tottenham Hotspur when when he's running the midfield. Patrick, we spoke about Bjorn Engels, and his mixed afternoon got even worse at the end. A real howler, it must be said. So, with Son having a litany of missed chances and indecision, were you confident he was going to score in that last minute? You know what? Funny enough, as soon as Engels mistrapped the ball or whatever he went to do, I mean, Sanchez lofted the ball and I screamed like, why are you doing that? I was hoping we'd play out from the back. Sanchez just hoofed it. And magically, I don't know what Engels was thinking. He miscontrolled it, took his mind off the ball, whichever. And uh, as soon as it uh, fell to Sonny, I knew it was a goal. Because there's one thing you... I mean, he has that ice coldness, that calmness. And, you know, running at pace... Then to open his body the way he did and tuck it under Reina, what a goal. Brilliant finish. Fantastic. Like, I mean, it couldn't have fell to anyone else in terms of Sonny, you know, having the pace and energy to get in and then tuck it underneath Reina, who Reina had an amazing game as well, by the way. Uh, and, and then for him, Son to still, you know, Reina had the best of him pretty much the whole afternoon and Son still to score like that. Great goal from a great player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, credit has to go to Reina. I think we sort of talk about missed chances, but a lot of them were just great performance from the Spaniard, really. So we shouldn't be too harsh on our own club. But, Cole, in terms of that goal, palpable relief at the end. Limbs, I think they call it these days. So how important <laughs> how important that win be, not from a points-earned point of view, but from fostering character within the squad, especially as we embark on a new chapter at the club? Oh, that that will be a huge win, Dan, because, you know, b- before the game, when, when the lineup was announced, you know, and obviously people like Undem, you know, Undem Bele were not in the side, the Celso, there were people sending messages like, you know, you know, come on, we've got three big games in three days, so you'd expect some players to sit out. And I was completely against that mindset, because for me now, I'm sitting here thinking, top four is a real shout here. So this is a game that you should be winning, and you can win. So... You need to get the points on the ball when you can get them. So for me, it was we need to be playing our best side now in the league because the ultimate aim for this as a club is Champions League. So I'm kind of sitting there 
thinking if we don't put our best side out and we drop points in this game, we've really kind of hurt ourselves in that chase for top four because we had to put the pressure on Chelsea tonight um, to, to know, make them know they're a point behind us and we've got them next. And if they win, um, then that makes this Stamford Bridge game really difficult tie. Um, so to get the win was massive because that could be the three points and it keeps the momentum going. It could send us into the game at Chelsea with confidence. Um, so, yeah, a vital win. Um, and right now, in my opinion, the league should be the priority. You know, yes, it'd be nice to win the Champions League. Obviously, it'd be nice to win the FA Cup. But that's do the job in the league where, you know, it really does matter. And we really do have that chance to kind of put a run together, get some momentum and get ourselves in the top four and make sure we're not trying to fight for that fifth and hope that things go our way. So, you know, when it was looking at two all, you're thinking, OK, a point's not bad. But like I say, that finish to get that three points, you know, sucker blow for everyone else and just a momentum builder for us and gives, gives us the confidence going forward. It's a really big win. Um, and, and I think, you know, it could help us kick on. We just need to make sure now we put a performance in um, against Chelsea and we don't do what we normally do when a big performance is called upon. And that's, if you like, let it go and not turn up. James, talking of this new chapter, it takes to Wednesday with the Champions League. So RB Leipzig come to town and they have three first-choice centre-backs, whether you can have three first-choice centre-backs, they're all unavailable. So that'll give us a huge boost going into the game, won't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's certainly an area to exploit. Um, but, you know, they've obviously got options that they can put there. I read that they can play, you know, two. I think two of their, their, their first-choice full-backs can also slot in a centre-half as well. Um, but that said, then that means they're taking their first-choice full-backs out, which should probably suit us better, to be fair. Um, so you know, it's a it's a big game for us. I agree with Carl completely in that we need to prioritise the, the Premier League. If we're we're nothing if we're not um, competing in in Europe next season, uh, the top level of European competition next season. So you know, the the poor start to this season kind of kind of really hurt our chances at, at being able to 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 prioritise the FA Cup or 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 Europe again um, because we need to we need to really claw. Our, our place in the top four back first of all um, but yeah on to Wednesday Leipzig obviously they're, they're not to be um, to be brushed aside they're a, they're a really strong uh, outfit they've, they've got a real unique style of play uh, and, and a lot of good young players who can have got the ability to hurt us if we don't turn up um, you know whether or not they have their, their strongest 11 they'll probably be looking at us in exactly the same light you know Red Bull Leipzig fans on Twitter will be will be sharing posts about us not having Harry Kane and you know and Dombele not being fit etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So they'll be picking holes in our team as well as we're picking holes in theirs. And uh, whether or not they they have their first choice side, we are going to have to really dig in and to to try and get a result in this game. And the the first leg is going to be be really important because the, the second leg is going to be so so difficult. So we we certainly need to try and shut up shop and, and not concede the away goals that, that, that could possibly kill us in, in this tie. So, you know, fingers fingers crossed that uh, Jose has been looking at their our, our only defensive frailties as well as as well as theirs. Cole, of course, the big week of football does not end there as the small match with Chelsea is on the horizon on Saturday. So, for you, is it a must-win game or a do-not-lose? Um, I think, Dan, you've got to say, 
if you're looking at the context of it now, I think Chelsea game now is a do not lose. Um, if right now, while we're recording, they're one down to United. So if that stays that way, then that's perfect. Um, and then, as you say, you can go to Stamford Bridge and basically say, right, we just don't lose this game and we keep ourselves kind of a point behind them and then think, you know, we can catch them and, you know, you know, basically, we just need to hope we do our thing and we'll get them. But, yeah, mustn't lose. The win is obviously the ideal. I think we win, we really set a marker down and give ourselves the confidence to go on and get that momentum rolling. And then I think the confidence will be flowing. That I think we then take the top four place. Um, a defeat, I think, is a blow. Um, but if you offered me a draw right now, I'd take it because I still think as long as we stay that point behind them, I think they'll start dropping more points than we will for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I think you're right. If it gets to four points, you're a little bit worried. But I think if you can get a draw, not the worst result by any stretch. Not only that, it continues that momentum we just spoke about earlier in the show. So for me, it's do not lose. Of course, you know, if someone offers me a win and we get it, then absolutely great. But if we get away from Stamford Bridge with a point, I think that sets us up really nicely for the last 11 league games. And James, before we spoke about the statement victory for Mourinho, we've got that now after beating Man City. Is it now a case of revenge come Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's huge. You know, Jose, we always speak about him not wanting to lose against his, his former side. He's got the, the teams that, that moved him on. Um, but, you know, as Carl says, in, in terms of our season, this is, this is one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game. Um, I totally agree with with the do not lose statement. I think if we did lose it, it would, you know, it, it does kill our momentum. You know, as you rightly say, seven games unbeaten. We want to keep that run going, even if it is with a draw. Um, and you know, it, it just gives Chelsea that little leg up that, that you know that they deserve to be ahead of us if if they if they do get the result. Um, I I think we've got the better, better squad than Chelsea. Um, I think we've we've certainly got the attackers to be able to hurt them, and and they've they've got a few players missing uh, in in attacking areas, which would which will suit us. You know, I think um, it will be similar to the to the Chelsea game in that in that we um, in that we uh, we really should, we need to show up, but when we do show up, we're we're one of the best teams in the country. So um, I, I think it will be. It'll be tight, but I, I, I fancy us um, going into a big occasion, big game like this. Uh, I, I know that Jose will, will be will have been preparing for this game already, uh, and I think I think we've got it in us. And Patrick, the final question for you. Obviously, there's a midweek game in the middle, so if we look a little bit further ahead, can you see many changes from the lineup which took place against Aston Villa come this Saturday? I'd want to see obviously Lasalso start, no doubt about that. And I'd like to see Ndombele start. Um, I would probably say drop Dyer out and put Winks and Gio and uh, Ndombele in there. And hopefully amongst the three of them, they can also chip in with the defensive responsibilities. But it would just give us a, a bit more smoothness and silkiness on the ball. Uh, that would probably be it, to be honest. Just uh, drop out Dyer. Um, and oh, and sorry, and I'd like to see Tanganga start as well over Sanchez. Uh, to give us a bit more uh, solidarity at the back. Uh, Davis was solid at left back. Aurier is always going to be a bit of a concern, but you know he's our only recognised right back right now, isn't he? So mm, yeah, I'd probably say uh, just the just the subs I mentioned. So in terms of the midfield, you're going for Gio Winks and Undumbele, is that correct? 
Yeah, exactly. That's right. right. So we need to lose a forward player. So who are you dropping out of uh, Sun, Ali, Bergvine, Ooh. or Lucas? <laughs> Uh, that's a tough one. It I is. probably, mm, yeah, I didn't think of that to be honest. Um, yeah, uh, I'll probably say Lucas, but then he's also looked lively, hasn't he, over the last couple of games? Even though he hasn't scored, or well, actually, no, he did score in the in the cup, didn't he? Um, mm. I think off the back of that Villa game, it's got to be Deli Ali that you, that you drop out. Really? Um, I, I I think so. Yeah, but if we're talking about what we want to see and what Jose will do. Um, then it, quite clearly, I think it will be and Don Bele will will stay on the bench and and Deli Ali will have that um, that third role in in midfield um, just just because of the way that that, that Jose likes to play. Um, but for me, Deli's just looked off the pace a little bit. Uh, and and if we we're talking about the other players that of that attacking four that you mentioned, I think it, it, you you can't drop um, Bergwijn in in the way that he's playing at the moment. He's been really really important. Similarly, you you definitely can't drop um, Youngmin Son because of uh, you know his his goal scoring at the moment. Even though he's not playing great either, um, and then Lucas Moura for me was our best player against Villa. Um, he he's the most lively player. He he's he's the one of the only players who looks um, really interested in getting getting the ball on the deck and, and taking players on. Um, and I was really really impressed by the way that he he. When we were, especially when we were at two-two and we were stagnating a little bit, he he drops himself into into midfield, uh, and he you know he he was almost playing our number ten role uh, in that he was he was dropping in between the the two centre midfielders and he was trying to pick the ball up and and drive through the centre of midfield. So um, he's really really important to this to this team um, attacking wise and and also defensively because he he he's the one who leads the press. Um, he must be one of the fittest players in our squad because he he very rarely gets pulled and he doesn't stop running for ninety minutes and, and he he pushes the the centre backs and pushes the full backs when they're on the ball. So uh, for me, it, it would be Deli Ali that would drop out, but but I don't think it will be. I think it will be um, Winksy and Geo and uh, and Deli Ali, but Deli Ali will have to obviously uh, muck in with a few more defensive duties. Yeah, it sounds sounds about right. It sounds yeah, it sounds good. I agree with what you're saying there. We've got a goal. We've got a goal at Stamford Bridge. Harry Maguire has just scored. So Chelsea two 0 down now, Cole. It's looking quite rosy for Saturday, but it sometimes looks rosy, and we get a fall in our fingers, don't we? So we shouldn't be too optimistic because we do sometimes get egg in our face. Yeah, this is one of them, isn't it? You know, it looks like it's all going our way, but then we know we've been here before, haven't we? And then we can't put one of those performances where no one turns up. But the Chelsea kind of look there for the taking at the back, and I, I think we've got the boys up front that can do this for us. Um, so let's hope that this is a sign of things to come, Then, Right, OK, we've got two midweek matches. Well, so we've got two matches this week, so let's do some double predictions. Let's go to the Leipzig game first. I'll start with you, Cole. What do you think is going to be the score on Wednesday? I think we're going to nick a 2-1, to be honest. I, I just don't see us keeping a clean sheet. Um, uh, but I still think we'll nick it. And it'll just be 2-1, which, you know, sends us into the second leg ahead. Um, but then, obviously, you know, it is vital to say that that second leg could be a real tough game. But I think we'll win 2-1 on Wednesday, mate. And Patrick, what about yourself? Yeah, exactly the same 2-1. Like I said before, optimistic that I hope we keep a clean sheet. But really and truly, against a really good team like Leipzig, 
I don't think we will. So two one sounds sounds about right. Okay, James, are you going to copy their homework? Or have you got something else for me? Uh, I think we're uh, underestimating just how how open a game this might be. I think it's going to be. Uh, I think I, I agree with that with the fact that we'll nick it, but. Leipzig have got goals in them, so have Tottenham. Um, so I'm going to go 3 2 Tottenham. Okay, I'm going to go 2-all. I think Leipzig's attacking threat might just be too much for us with our defensive woes. But um, it'll certainly set up nicely for the second leg, but nothing's ever easy. So that's Wednesday covered. What about Saturday? Patrick, I'll start with you. What's going to be the score at Stanford Bridge? 2 0 Spurs, oh. Deli Ali double. Oh, look at that. Yes, I like that. And uh, Carl, what about yourself, mate? I like Patrick's confidence there. No, no messing about. No me. messing about. I think, I, to be honest with you, I think we'll go 2-1. Again, I think we'll concede um, and it'll be a real horror show goal, but then we'll just go and nick it. And I'm going to say Son and Ali for me. OK, and James, what about yourself, mate? Uh, again, I'm going to go uh, nice open game. Um, and I, I think Chelsea, Chelsea haven't really got as much going forward um, as we think we do. Um, that said, um, I'm going to go for uh, 2-1 Tottenham. OK, in that case, I'm going to go for 1-all. I reckon we'll take the lead and Chelsea will get a late goal just to dampen the mood slightly, but not the worst result. Right, there's me on a pessimistic note for the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but before we end up, I need to do the admin and that admin is thanking our guests. So Patrick, a sterling return to the pod. Hope you enjoyed it and I hope you'd like to join us for the end of the season. I uh, loved it, mate. Always happy to be on. And I'd like to say as well, check us out on Views TV Official. That's Views, V-I-E-W-S, TV Official. Uh, that's where me and my boys get together every week for our own podcast. Fantastic. Easily done. Cheers, mate. And Carl, thanks for your time. I hope you'll be joining us next week. Yeah, looking forward to it, Dan, and uh, enjoyed this one tonight, guys. Cheers, buddy. And James, of course, I can't leave you out either. Absolutely, and and just one more time, I'd, I'd love to to say thanks to everyone who, who helped me get that ticket uh, at the weekend. We'd be nothing without our Twitter following. So uh, thanks very much, guys, and uh, it was it was certainly worth it. Thanks very much. Yeah, cheers, James, and cheers to everyone who helped him. Right, with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy, and as always, come on, you Spurs! For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts. Download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.